0: Hello, you're listening to the Coffee and Books Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Coffee, Books, and Movie Podcast. Excuse me. That is my new title. And I hope all of you are doing well today. Thank you for listening to my podcast. It's become an everyday thing now. I kind of like it this way. So, hope you guys like that too. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about something I don't normally talk about. Art. Art is special to me. Uh, You know, I struggled with art. I would love to have been an artist, but... You know, a couple things I don't have going for me. Number one, I'm colorblind, and number two, I always sucked at (laughs) drawing and art in general. I love it, but I can't do it. Just same with singing, you know, like I I love to listen to music, and I love, you know, playing musical instruments, but I could never sing, I could never do art. Now, let's get into it. Uh, So today I'm gonna talk to you about my favorite, top 10 favorite artist paintings. Um, This could be in no particular order, it's through any time in history, Um, you know, I'm typically a fan of all different types of works, I'd love to share that with you guys today, maybe a little bit more fun facts about it, Um, in fact, I hope to read more history about art in general, Um, you know, I just, I like looking at it, I love going to museums, that's part of my deal, you know, as already somebody who's going to historical stuff, you know, why not go check out the art too, so... There's always that. All right. This information today comes to us from, it is timeout, I uh, believecom uh, Timeout, here's a reference for the most famous paintings in the world. Uh, number one, fairly obvious, but nonetheless one of my favorites, Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa. Uh, everybody pretty much already knows what it looks like. If you don't, you can get a quick Google search to know what exactly I'm talking about. It was painted between 1503 to 1519. Uh, It is da Vinci's most alluring portrait has been dodged by two questions since the day it was made. Uh, Who's the subject and why is she smiling? To this day, we still don't know. I've been told a couple things about this painting. Um, I don't believe I've seen it in real life. Um, I have been to many, many art museums in Italy when I was on vacation there a long time ago. I do not recall seeing the Mona Lisa in person. So I'm gonna say that I did not see it, because you would remember something like that. But uh, a couple things I've been told. One, it's definitely way smaller in person. Uh, Something that I think a lot of people misunderstand about this painting is that it's so small that pretty much everybody is crowding around the room to get to see it because it's that small. But that's one factor. Uh, Number two, we don't know, like I said, who this person is, what her story is, or anything. you know it's just it's incredible because i've heard the eyes follow you around the room no matter where you are in the room her eyes follow she's always smiling at you it's just a unique painting um and it's by one of my favorite painters leonardo da vinci who is interesting in himself for being a huge you know science person as well as artist. so that's always pretty cool uh so let's go over some other ones uh Another favorite of mine, Vincent van Gogh's The Starry Night, which was painted in 1889. Uh, Vincent van Gogh, very famous for uh, his paintings. He has a very unique art style, unlike da Vinci, who painted in a way that was more of, you know, painting people and portraits. uh, Van uh, van Gogh's most popular painting, Starry Night, was created in a way that's more trippy to me, uh, more you know like in a way of a certain art and style i think this is when art really got its name for itself of being different and it wasn't just about recreating something or a portrait of course it's still very important i'm i'm not degrading people who paint pictures of food and places and stuff like that but you know at the very least you know it takes a very creative mind to paint something like this, and, you know, when you learn about the history of da Vinci, number or not da Vinci, Vincent van Gogh, my apologies, when you learn about the history of van Gogh, you learn that he's struggled with mental illness. He had so many troubles in his life. Uh, he was never well respected as an artist in his lifetime. You know, it was just it's horrifying, you know? And, you know, here's this guy with this most beautiful painting that the world agrees is, like, touching souls because he can you know, express beauty in a way that maybe no one else on the earth can. And, you know, he'll never know. You know, he'll never know that, you know, you know billions of people know of this painting, stare at it all the time, wonder, have their own thoughts. It's just, it's, it's amazing, you know. And, you know, his life was a tragedy, as is often the case with artists. But, you know, he's an enduring artist of sorts. So uh, I hope that maybe he shows up on this list later. All right. Let's see who else we got that I would like to talk about. Uh, this is a, a very interesting one. The Heronius of Bosch, The Garden of Earthly Delights, in 1503 to 1515, painted in between this time. Um, it is a fantastical triptych. It is generally considered a distant forerunner to what is called surrealism. Um, it is... The expression of a late medieval artist who believed that God and the devil, heaven and hell, were real. Of the three scenes predicted, the left panel shows Christ presenting Eve to Adam, while the right one features the the depredations of hell. Less clear is whether the center panel depicts heaven. In Bosch's uh, preferved vision of hell, an enormous set of ears wielding a phallic knife attacked the damned, while a bird-beaked bug king with a chamber pot for a crown sits on its throne. Um, so basically this guy was into some really weird stuff. Now, it's just, this is a famous painting, which I'm sure, again, many people have seen or heard about, but it's just one of those things where somebody took religion and turned it into this unbelievable portrait and painting. And it's just, this is incredible because this guy, he had his vision of what heaven and hell looked like, and he painted it all in one picture and, uh, made it work. Okay, next one. I'm losing track here, so I'm just going through what I like. So I don't know if I'm going to actually get to ten, but we'll make do with it. Next one. And again, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing these names, right, but bear with me. Uh, Georges Seurat, a Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande, um, Jatte, between 1884 and 1886. It is a masterpiece because this is evoking Paris in the late 1800s. You can tell by the style of wear that people, what they're wearing, Um, you know, like their umbrellas and their clothes. Um, It's just, it captures a very of the moment picture of the working class as well as, you know, what life is like in France at that time. It's just, it's beautiful uh, for its landscape and a modern format. It's just, to me, it's just, it's something we're seeing. Okay. Let's continue. And the next one is Pablo Picasso's Les Demoiselles d'Avignon de from 1907. Again, don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, Picasso, very interesting figure in himself. Also completely nuts, <laughs> as the story goes. But that's just more, to me, he's like Van Gogh. He's just, you know, he's mentally not the, the most sound person, as are many artists, But like his work was very much like an expression of the time and you know it again it's just it's it's something that's different and beautiful and has things that you can't see in it that you can't see at other places um you know like his art style is instantly recognizable for the way everything is shaped and I feel like he you know created a a new style of painting that you know nobody else has really seen Um, and it's just it's just incredible Uh, The women that were depicted were actually prostitutes in the brothel in in Barcelona. Um, Yeah, so it's just something interesting. Okay, let's see what else. I'm still going through and seeing. If there's anything I would like to talk about, bear with me. Ah, this is a famous one. Okay, number. this one is called Eugene Delacroix Liberty Leading the People 1830, commemorating the July Revolution of 1830, which toppled the King Charles uh, the 10th of France. Liberty Leading the People has become synonymous with revolutionary spirit around the world. Um, in the painting, you see a person holding the French flag up in the air. Um, it, it is very powerful. It's a romantic style. Um, It is, you know, brandishing the French tricolor as members of different classes unite uh, to storm a barricade strewn with bodies of fallen comrades. The image has inspired other works of art and literature, including the Statue of Liberty, and also Victor Hugo's novel Le *Miserable*. So, very important. Um, Another one. Okay, this is a good one. Claude Monet, The Impression, Sunrise, uh, from 1874. Um, Again, whenever you see a particular artist, you can instantly recognize their work. Monet is one of them. He's the defining figure of Impressionism. Uh, He gave the movement its name with his paintings of Daybreak over a port of Le Havre. Uh, That would be his hometown. Uh, Monet was known for studies of light and color, and his canvas offers a splendid example with a flurry of brushstrokes depicting the sun as an orange orb breaking through a hazy blue's melding of a watery sky. Uh, Yeah. He depicts a beautiful, you know, hometown, ocean, you know, like with the sun rising. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. You know, sunrises have always captured my attention. Okay, next, let's see. Ah, one of my favorites. Edward Hopper, The Nighthawks, 1942, famous for the iconic depiction of urban isolation uh, Nighthawks depicts a quarter of characters at a night side, uh, and at a night inside a greasy spoon with expansive wraparound window that almost takes up the entire facade of the diner. Its brightly lit interior is the only source of illumination in the scene. Uh, the floods the sidewalk and the surrounding buildings, which are otherwise dark. The restaurant's glass exterior creates a display case effect. that heightens the sense that the subjects, three customers. And a counterman are alone together. It's a study of alienation as the figures studiously ignore each other, losing themselves in a the state of reverie or exhaustion. The diner was based on a long demolished one in Hopper's Greenwich Village neighborhood. Some art historians have suggested that the painting, as a whole, may have been inspired by Vincent Van Gogh's Cafe Terrace at Night, which was on exhibit at galleries at a gallery Hopper frequented. At the same time, he painted Night Hawks. Also of note, the redheaded woman on the far right side is the artist's wife, Joe, who frequently modeled for him. So, yeah, that's an incredible, iconic one of a study of loneliness and isolation, where, you know, you see these people depicted at a diner together. It's in the 40s, so there's no smartphones that alienate people, but it's just a study of, like, being exhausted at night from work and being away from other people even though there's no one out. It's dead at night. You know, we're at this restaurant. It just, it's a study of, like, how all these people are together, but they're ignoring one another. So I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, Okay, let's keep going. We're going to keep going, see if there's anything else. Uh, Nope, that's it. That's all of them I wanted to talk about today. Um, Yeah, so that's art in general. Um, A few facts about me. I also like to paint. Um, Even though I'm colorblind... I do enjoy it. I have successfully made paintings that I do enjoy and like and I've hung up in my home. So there's always, you know, even if you're, you know, at a disadvantage, you can always try something new. You know, be brave enough to try something you're willing to fail at. You know, that's, that's a good motto I saw today, and I just, it, it stuck with me. Be brave enough to try something new that you're going to fail at. You know, because, you know, there's no guarantees in life, and it's... It's just a nice thought that, like, if you're brave enough to try something new, even if you're going to suck at it, at least you're trying something new that you've never experienced before. It's a new sensation. It's what makes somebody feel alive, you know. And that's just a good thing that I enjoy and rambling about and doing. You know, like, every day I have a new experience to talk to you guys about, and today just happened to be art, but, you know, who knows what what tomorrow is going to bring. But anyway, those are some very famous paintings Thank you for listening to me talk about them. Um, If you like today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend. I know I always ask that of you guys, but please do. And, uh, you know, you can always message me to let me know what your favorite painting is. Or if you guys like today's episode, Um, I'd like to hear from you. Um, And so I'll set up a a Spotify question as well. What is your favorite painting? Uh, Thanks for getting back to me. Um, And if you have responded to polls before, thank you. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it in the future.